0: Hello everyone and welcome back to The Art of It All. I'm your host Darius Simone Harper, and this week's episode features post-disciplinary artist Basil Kincaid. We discuss Basil's intuitive art practice from drawing and collaging to quilts and photography, as well as the importance of continuing ancestral artistic traditions and finding work-life balance as a full-time artist. Alright, all right. Welcome back everyone to the Art of It All. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am incredibly excited today to be joined by Basil Kincaid, post-disciplinary artist and just all-around incredible individual. Welcome to the show, Basil.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. I'm really, really looking forward to to chatting with you today. So, I'm going to start us off with an introduction, and then, Basil, if you want to add anything, feel free, of course, and then we will jump into some discussion. So, I'm really excited. So, Basil is originally from St. Louis, and Basil is a post disciplinary artist who explores the fixity of conditioned and self imposed constructs. Constructs, excuse me. Through quilting, collaging, photography, installation, and performance, Basil interrogates social mores while drafting alternative cultural fabrics. So Basil studied drawing and painting at Colorado College and graduated in 2010. Basil has exhibited works with Kavi Gupta Gallery, Mindy Solomon and others. Basil is also part of the J.P. Morgan Permanent Art Collection and a 2021 recipient of the United States Artist Fellowship. And then also earlier this year, you opened a solo show with Galleria Decker. and then you have, I think, later this year in Milan, a new body of works showing. And where yeah. will that be?
1: That'll be at uh, Galleria Poggiali.
0: Amazing. Um,
1: yeah, so it's an exciting year. I mean, this is yes. my first year with you know multiple international. So yes, you know, like, I'm really excited to be able to dig in and just yeah. expand on some of my ideas and and see how they land in different locations.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you. And I want to, so I want us to jump into discussion, of course, as soon as we can. But before we get started, i love to just hear how you're doing today, how you're feeling in the world. Just a quick little check-in.
1: Things are good. I, like, I was excited about this happening. So I noticed, Yay. like, I woke up, like the, like, the days that I wake up before my alarm, I feel Oof. like end up all being good days. Yes, it's yes. it's like, okay, you know. I love my sleep too. I was like, if I wake up <laughs> excited, you know, it's normally going to be a good day. So I had this to look forward to and Amazing. did my little exercise and I started a drawing that I looked a lot this morning that, I don't know, I may be like 60% done with, but okay. I'm liking it a lot. So Whoa. I feel like it is off to a good start.
0: Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I'm, so excited about our conversation as well. It's truly an honor. So I want to kind of start off and talk a bit about your process, all of the different pieces that kind of make up your practice from drawing to collaging and quilting. And I really like this bit about like your in your bio, you sort of identify yourself as a post-disciplinary artist. And I'm curious if you can just tell us a little bit about that specifically and why Um, You use that sort of language.
1: Absolutely. So I got to give credit where credit is due for the term. Yes. But a really good friend of mine and another artist that, you know, I've been, we've been growing up in the game together. Mm -hmm. Damon Davis is also from St. Louis. Incredible. So he's the one that coined the term in these earlier conversations. I mean, this is like 2014, 15. We're having, these maybe even earlier, we're having these conversations. Okay about the nature of like how we respond to ideas. Hmm. And so it's not like throughout the canon of a lot of art history right. and I I appreciate this type of investigation but you know we're kind of coached into exploring one medium towards some definition of mastery.
0: Sure. And sure. for me
1: what I would like to master is this type of sensitivity where I can respond to an idea or a sensation in the way that most accurately fits that stimulus. You know, wow. so if wow. an idea presents itself and I'm like, oh, this, you know, most naturally would be a poem. Yes. So maybe Yeah. it becomes a poem. Yeah. Or I have an idea that's like, oh, this would be a game like that's an experiential yes. type of right you know artwork mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. or be it a quilt or a poem yeah or drawing you know I mean or so that's kind of how the post-disciplinary thing came about where it's awesome. like we are disciplined and we do seek mastery in these different you know categorized sure. be it a painting sculpture right Uh, different for Damon film you know for me it may be performance but being open and to like let them not be so siloed off like sure I feel like you know I noticed in myself Mm -hmm. that I would miss opportunities to grow as a person or artist when I was fixed in one way of making work like I remember in Mm. college like I only wanted to draw or paint.
0: Wow. And I remember
1: like, you know, kinda I mean, I've done a lot of growing over the years. I remember I mean, you know, kinda hating on photographers. Like, i was like, <laughs> you know Really? You know, now I have like this big respect. And now I now have sure. this big respect for photography and mm. it's like, you know, a major pillar of my practice. Sure, yeah, of, yeah. You know, like I remember like what
0: was kinda what was like your beef with photography? How, like how did do you remember uh, how you felt at that back time?
1: Then was that I felt like <laughs> photographers weren't working hard enough. <laughs>
0: oh, okay, okay.
1: Then I realized that they worked like really hard. Like, yes, really
0: absolutely, easy. absolutely. And
1: it's not cheap, like that yeah, was expensive and Oof, difficult so expensive. to master. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you know that was my own ignorance, but at the time, like I felt like you know, and I mean it's my own ignorance, I didn't see the depth of it, but I just felt like. I had this cockiness at the time, like okay, okay. If you can't like, like the drawing to me felt mm-hmm. like the like a foundational thing that any artist needed to be good at.
0: Wow, I see.
1: Because um, sometimes, like I've noticed in my travels, like mm-hmm. if if you can't talk with words, like, you might need you to can get through an idea. with yes. pictures and symbols. Yes. Um, so there's like a language there. Wow. I don't know, but I was just kind of like too closed minded where I'm like, you know, drawing and painting is the best. Kind of <laughs> and I realized that I was like missing out because. Okay. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: when I left school, all I wanted to do was meet black artists in St. Louis. I'm like,
0: yeah. i was the only black yeah.
1: artist in my department. Wow. So I wanted to like meet young black
2: yeah. artists.
1: And I wanted to study black art history. So right. I feel like. Right those would be the most relevant things to my practice that were sure. absent in my collegiate experience
0: experience totally
1: but the mixture of those things led to this these conversations around post-disciplinary working and working in ways that were like relevant to us as young black people that fit and reflected us and like if we were going to create something you know, everybody had their own ism throughout time or whatever. Sure. And Damon was like, we need to create our own words and stick yes. to them. Yes. And use the same language right. so that it can grow as a, you know, I just appreciated the like size of that vision. So like, all right, I'm yeah. down. And this shit, you know, fits me truthfully. So.
0: Seriously. That's huge. I-, I wanted to talk a little bit more about drawing. And I like that you started just mentioning about how it's kind of you see it as like a foundational practice almost. And I really just wanted to start there and thinking about like drawing as an aspect of your practice, because I feel like I really like the way that you talk about your relationship to it. And it just seems so like, it just seems so joy filled. And I was just curious to hear you talk a little bit about when you started drawing, I think you've mentioned before, I believe that you've been drawing since you were like way, way, way younger. So, yeah. yeah, I just kind of wanted to hear a little bit about, like, the freedom that you experienced there. and
1: Absolutely. Um, so I'm happy to talk about drawing because mm-hmm. it's one of the factors, like, or pillars in my practice that mm-hmm. doesn't get as much kind of, like, public attention. Like, I okay. never had a show of my drawings or anything like that. Right, thought, yeah, yeah. But it's, like, closest to me. Okay. And I think David Hammons talks about that, too, how, like,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, drawings... Are really like raw look. And like if you get to see an artist drawing, that's like a really like intimate look Mm -hmm. into, you know, that artist's internal landscape. Yeah. So yeah, I started drawing when I was little. My mom said I was maybe three. Like she said, whenever I could, whenever my hand was strong enough to hold a pen, I started drawing. Beautiful. And at first, she said I would fill a whole page with. Tiny, like connecting circles, and she was like, "I really wish I had kept some of those oh because my they were." She was like, "They were pretty bizarre," is what she said. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was little. She was probably I like, to "What?" Sit there for however long it took, I yeah, mean, the whole thing, which you know, she was like, "For a little kid, it was just kind of weird to see like that type of attention span," mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm
0: yeah that's a great point um, point.
1: and so drawing was like just always like that was like my peaceful place like I remember like drawing in church um that was when I started my like figure drawing practice because like I would draw the old people I was like fascinated with like the old people ah, the, I you know, love the way that their skin was
0: wow so I would like draw
1: these like it would kind of be like Back of the head, three quarter portrait, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, okay. Like somebody, it might be a couple cubes. Whoa,
0: head. yes, and like the different angles uh, that's really interesting. Yeah,
1: yeah, and then I also love drawing from my imagination. Yeah. Then there was a particular relationship that, mm-hmm. I like, I don't know, I don't like ranking or comparing love, but this was a particularly profound. <laughs>
0: experience right
1: or within yeah experience in my life right and I didn't put two and two together for a while okay after we broke up I kind of just stopped drawing I didn't stop making Hmm. art but I stopped drawing interesting from like 2013 to 2018 oh wow which yeah, I never imagined. I remember in college, I was talking to one of our professors. Yes. And he was like, yeah, I haven't drawn a... I was like, when was the last time you drew a picture? He was like, yeah. man, I haven't drawn a picture in like 15 years.
2: Whoa. And I remember
1: hearing that and thinking to myself, like, damn, I couldn't imagine going that mm-hmm. long without drawing. And in 2018, I had that wow. memory flashed into my mind. And I was like, oh, this is how it happened. Right, like, right, right. Five years have gone by, and I I don't have a sketching practice, like... And... I haven't been doing drawings, and I realized I was missing a major part of my basically my love life with myself. It's like a mirror for me, mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. a lot of the times when I draw, most of the times when I draw, and you'll notice this throughout a lot of my work, I don't do a lot of in advance planning. Okay. A lot of it is like intuitive. Beautiful. And so, what I'll do is like kind of just start drawing
0: mm-hmm. and it'll
1: take on its own life. And then, when it's done, it's like I kind of have to decode it.
0: I so, see. Like, I see.
1: It's almost like dream interpretation mm-hmm. where like mm-hmm. I'll do a thing and then I'll go then back. Work
0: back. And be okay. Like, what
1: is this telling me about, you know, where I am or what Absolutely. is happening there? you know what my internal landscape is like and now I'm noticing like as I look back over like some of the drawings that were a decade old and thinking about how I was Mm -hmm. like my mental state and my behavioral state Mm and I can see it in the drawings like there's this time period where I was like really depressed and anxious and you can see it in the line work in the work yeah drawings are like sporadic and like disconjointed and like you know, like, just, I mean, beautiful in their own way. Sure, of course, <laughs> and, you know, of course, I'm um, sure. You could feel them, but it's like, you know, now I'm noticing, too, how different imagery is coming yeah. out that, you know, is reflective of, like, I'm noticing, like, all these dancing figures are now coming out. You wow. Know? And I'm like, oh, like, like, these different images yeah. of, like, stuff is happening that, like, you know, it's teaching me something about myself. Wow. And what I've noticed is that the drawing is like a barometer of how free I feel on whatever given day. Like, hmm, if okay. I draw, if I'm drawing every day, I can, like, when I start drawing, I can tell, like, my level of apprehension. Like, am oh, I second I see. guessing myself? Yeah. Yeah. Am I being doubtful or am I letting myself just, float down the river like am i am i feeling like i need a plan because Mm -hmm. i'm afraid of what's gonna happen that the unknown component of it or like you know or am i letting myself just unfold and you can tell like you know some of the drawings that like i hated when i first started drawing Mm -hmm. it because i wasn't feeling free by the end of the drawing they end up telling this journey of like conquering that insecurity and wow. then getting to a place of kinda like that liberation. So for sure. I'm really thankful to be drawing again and I will That's so beautiful. Start sharing more of them. Good. Uh,
0: wow.
1: To have those five years off. It was like an athlete who quit playing a sport. Like it was so weird. Re relearning how to draw has been so weird.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, you yeah. Know? That experience is such it's a different
1: it's it's interesting, but it's mm-hmm. like to pick up the pen and, like, be drawing and be like, damn, like, to have it, I don't know, I'm, like, I'm feeling the frustration of, mm-hmm. like, what it felt like to draw in high school, you know? Mm-hmm. like <laughs>
0: Wow, I see, <laughs> Where, yeah, like, like, it's bringing you back to that place. It
1: always come out exactly <laughs> the way I wanted it, mm-hmm. you know, like, all, the, you know, but then coming to terms with that and then, like, not letting that stop me. Right, right. It's been, like, a good, it's been a good experience, so I'm, like, okay, okay even if it's just a little bit like I'm noticing how can how important consistency is like just across everything yeah that's huge you know your rest Mm. and exercise yes
0: I love to hear you say that too because I think I remember you mentioning in one interview how you kind of had a shift in time where you decided you had to like put yourself before your art and I thought that was a really interesting like notion because I think with so many different things that we do, it can just be really easy to to take one piece of our identity and and have that be like the only thing. And it's just like, oh, this is who I am. Yeah. This is who I am. This is who I am. But it's like, what about everything else? You know what I mean? What about you know, exercise and and your spirituality and your uh, you, all of these different things, food, and you know what I mean, just everything that.
1: And even if you do have a. I didn't mean to interrupt no, no, but i like feeling no like if you do have a primary suit
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, for sure
1: uplifting all of those other parts of your life will elevate that, that primary, primary pursuit when, yes you yes. Know? so it's like it doesn't have you know but like for me it was a big like I had it was I didn't have a choice because yeah. I realized like the way that I was doing the way that I was doing it yeah yeah like it was not sustainable like I okay yeah the art is getting better mm-hmm. but like my mental health is declining my body is declining
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know what is, it got to the point where I was like what is the point you know mm-hmm. like I didn't want to I didn't want a life in art to and then have a miserable life right you know right. like I, I want you know to make the work that I'm interested in yeah and have, you know, a fantastic life Absolutely. and you know be able to like uplift other artists mm-hmm. and help them like live in their work in a way that is powerful and sustainable and joyful. So
0: I'm very grateful to hear you share a little bit more about the life side so to speak. I wanted to I wanted to talk a little bit about your quilts and your quilting practice and I remember reading about how you have like a very long family lineage that has many different quilt makers and I was curious just to hear a little bit about like your initial experience that kind of led to that and then just kind of how that's opened up for you since you've started quilting.
1: Absolutely so I always grew up around quilters my grandma on my dad's side and then my great-grandma on my mom's side They were both quilters. But on my dad's side, Mm -hmm. you know, there's been a little bit more. Well, I'm trying to do some family research on both sides of the family. But so far, I've been able to dig a little deeper in my dad's side. And as far back as we've been able to trace, there's been this traditional quilting in the women that has been passed down.
0: That is so um, incredible. Through the
1: generations. And so my generation, there were no quilters
0: okay okay wow
1: and so on the Kincaid side on my dad's side right one of my like grandma's Older sisters, okay, was a part of this group, and I guess it was her and some of the cousins that were around that Mm -hmm. older age
0: in that generation. They
1: ran this basically like, and I I, this is new knowledge to me as I've been doing this research. Oh wow! But in Arkansas, they had basically like a quilt factory, and they were like their quilting circle was responsible for making the. They got like I guess year after year these government contracts to make these quilts that were like the cultural heritage oh of goodness. Arkansas quilts. Wow. And so they had this place where it was like, at That's... one point, I guess, you know, employing, employing people.
0: Sure. So a whole and, factory. you know, they
1: were making and distributing these quilts. And mm. like some of them were going throughout like government buildings and wow. whatnot. But my closest exposure was through um, my dad's mom, Eugenia Kincaid. Okay. And mm-hmm. it was just her hobby, but she loved doing it, and she made some really beautiful quilts. And nice. I remember thinking that, you know, the Quilters of G's Bend got famous.
0: Yes, but yes.
1: What people don't realize throughout. is there were circles like that all over the South, right, you know, where throughout. Black women were getting together and, like, doing truly, like, and as far as contemporary art, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. revolutionary things yeah, as seriously. far as, like, composition, color, texture design you know the quilters were a part of all these different things that I feel like people don't realize and so for me like a big piece of returning to the quilt it was inspired by a dream this was the beginning of 2016 um I had gotten back from Ghana for the first time yes had this dream that inspired me to quilt it was my grandmother she's in front of this house Hmm. Like her aura is like pouring out of her in waves, and behind her, the, the, it's like a two-story house. The whole mm-hmm. thing is wrapped in a quilt, and oh so goodness. I saw that. I woke up and like I'm supposed to be making quilts. You, you know? have to, you have to. <laughs> that's, that that's so beautiful. Yeah, I like I have to. Like, like <laughs> duh, and, you know. And then you know, two coming back from Ghana, I was like, man, like instead of looking to the canon of art history. Mm. Mm-hmm. I want to look at like my family history and let that drive my art. Yes. Um, yes, I think so, I remember you
0: mentioning um, that in another uh, interview about the importance of that trip, how it kind of taught you about people like continuing familial artistic yes, legacies. Yeah, exactly. That was Damn, really you really
1: like did your homework for real. Me. Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I <laughs> I watched all the interviews, all of it, everything. <laughs> but I really loved that you mentioned that, and that was something that I yes yeah, that just really like, struck me
1: yeah right. like shifting that center mm-hmm. of like you know instead of having like this external thing mm-hmm. be the driver like centering that within my own experience right. in my own traditions
0: right that's very important i'd love to talk a little bit more about your collaging work and your specific like non-adhesive type of working through collages so a restful place at Galleria Landecker was a series of all collages collages. so that was
1: my first uh solo show for the collage work sure and what one thing that I love I always mention this first is that I've been making the collages Mm -hmm. like almost twice as long as I've been making the quilts you know like
2: Absolutely. so it's just wow.
1: interesting that like you know I've been doing this mm-hmm. I've been doing the collages for so long mm-hmm. and for some reason just now starting to you know let them uh, breathe a little bit more so let me talk about I guess the technique and then yes I would love we can that Get to the show later the show so in 2013 I was teaching middle school art okay great so uh, this is my first time teaching wow. and this is the first time that these kids have had um, arts since like first grade. These this is seven. Oh it's goodness. like a seventh and eighth grade art class. Oh wow! But, like you know, schools that serve black kids in New Orleans and at this point, you know, this is not that long after Katrina. Katrina, so, you know, right? Twenty
2: thirteen.
1: You know, in a big restabilization phase.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: At any rate, you know, clearly these black kids are like being underserved. Right. And so this is the first time that, you know, they're getting art. Um, And I remember one of the kids was like, why are we even doing this? Like, Black people don't even make art. Like, how am I supposed to, like, make any money doing some art? Oh, man.
0: (laughs) You know? That makes my heart And it
1: was heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm laughing now, but, like, it was heartbreaking, you know? I'm like, yeah. Especially when they are like, black people don't even make art. That's when I realized, like, oh, like leaving school and studying this black mm. art history, that mm-hmm. was preparation for this, you know? Huge. So I started like Huge. teaching them, like, you know, this. I'm like, wait a minute, like, black people invented art. <laughs> right. like, yeah, we may not get all the credit that's due. Right. But shit, we built so like, all this from the ground well, up. Let we me tell get you. All down one too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> We created. Yeah, it's nice. But I'll flip the table. Yeah. (laughs) But just showing them like these black visual artists, you know, like just seeing that curiosity grow. And with every unit, I'm about to get to the collage. With every unit, they're doing stuff that I'm just like you know, Dude. they're breaking every rule yeah, yeah. already. Just, yeah. like, I'm like, y'all, cre- like, you know how when you have some bottled up creativity, you don't even know it, and you start and you letting just get it to out, and just, like... <laughs> and you look at yourself,
0: you're like, I'm looking at myself, like, self,
1: what? Like, yeah, what I'm are like, we doing? What? I did do that? <laughs> <laughs> but what happened was that in the collage unit, right, they were going totally bonkers. They were just doing, like, some really phenomenal... Oh, wow. like yeah, yeah. things that i wouldn't have thought to do like my goodness some kids mixing glue mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. they'll do some layers with glue and then some layers with tape and wow. then some like doing stuff that like you don't that see, you can create you know, when
0: like, you don't have all of these things and like yeah, isms sure stuck in, in your head yeah
1: <laughs> that's why that's why like you know in the bio like i'm so obsessed with like breaking down these coded constructs like yes. all the stuff that we've been coaching to believing is the way things need to be i'm mm-hmm. like wait a minute let me let me double check let me right double, like the says math who? The math. yes yeah exactly and so for That's me i was like you know what i don't like gluing these things down <laughs> i don't like how like <laughs> you know whatever the things may be this was a time period too when i mm-hmm. was starting to like realize that i wanted to like take my own internal seriousness towards my art to even another level okay. and like you know have like clear conceptual goals you know and so I was like I want to focus on identity mm. and I want the way that I'm making these things to reflect that concept just as much as the imagery so like I didn't want right. it to be just about the image but like the way that I arrived at it was mm-hmm. also a part of that so For me, when I thought about identity and collage, it stopped making sense. Like it didn't make sense to glue the pieces down Hmm. because we're always in this fluid state. We're always allowed to like grow and change and develop over time. And we take on different receptions Mm -hmm. and different contexts and different, you know, people think differently about us based on, where we are and Mm -hmm. how we present you know you know so like i'm using the pieces in multiple ways and i'm able to do this right you know in a way that to me upholds this idea of identity in motion and growing over time beautiful and that ties into the photography too Mm -hmm. so um the images i collect them from different places but i feel like you know i use a lot of um like, uh, like fashion photography magazines. Uh, yes, they have like these full page yeah. imagery. Mm-hmm. But also too, when you look at like the way that they're using these fabrics and mm-hmm. like, you know, being more experimental with some of their compositions, and you know, they have the people in interesting shapes. But I was totally. also looking at how like in the beginning, yeah when I first started making collages, you would see a lot less black people. And so hmm. I was like, if I cut out this negative shape and then like what I've noticed I could do is like with the negative shape, yeah, depending on how I decided to cut the hair or draw the cut out of the hair, then I could make a figure that was originally white, black.
0: Absolutely. Wow. Piece. Because of the layer.
1: Like you take the human form, cut out and then like the language of how we're coded to read hair.
0: Right, right.
1: Will tell you this, per- it'll make you think this person is black. Yeah. You know, um, and so I'm able to like, you know, take parts of reality and then create a new reality. You Absolutely. know, that's like reflective on what I'm experiencing at that particular time. You know, I like the drawings, the collages are very intimate. You know, sure. like, they take a lot of. They take a lot more time than you would think, because mm-hmm. some of them end up being simple compositions in the end. I see, but it's a lot of work. Because like I'll do the cutting, I'll cut all these pages in advance, right? And then the arranging and manipulating. You know, there's a lot that goes into it. I don't do really any after editing. Okay. Okay. I see. Interesting and i'll do the levels just to make sure the lighting was like it was right when i shot it yeah but i'm not doing any really manipulation so you know a lot of times people think that the shadows that i'm getting and generating mm-hmm. that they're drop shadows or some mm, in there you know like uh digital effect right right but the way i cut it and layer it sometimes i'll slide pieces of paper or folded paper.
0: I see. Under a
1: layer mm-hmm. so it will lift
0: up. Whoa. To exaggerate
1: the shadow or that I may like really in- curl in- a piece of paper so the shadow will fade.
0: That's so great. So
1: it's like there's a sculptural element to it.
0: Mhm. Mhm. I love that. Uh, I absolutely love that. too. Um, there there are, I mean a lot of works in that show that I love, but one that I really loved is um to create belonging and then there's another that is i absolutely love that piece and then i think the other one is called um we uplift and it's like two figures there's one figure kind of like bringing or carrying the other person like grabbing their arm um and i also now that i'm saying them too i'm just thinking about like the names of the works like did you what was the importance behind the naming of each of these because i feel like they all have very like very powerful kind of um Yeah, very powerful names and and very intentional meanings behind them. I'm Um, curious. Yeah, the names
1: are intentional. And Mm -hmm. some of the names are, to me, a little bit more poetic than others. Some are pretty direct. Mm -hmm. Um, Because what I realized is that, you know, you go to a museum, a lot of times people go to the placard before they really take in the art. Or on the internet, you see an image and like, your eye kind of goes to the caption first automatically.
2: That's And what so I realized
1: is that um, depending on what I title a piece, mm-hmm. the reception of it can be really different.
2: Interesting.
1: Um, and huh. so, you know, with some of the works, it's like, do I want to guide people towards the way that I read this piece? Mm-hmm. Or do I want to leave a more abstract title and then they can people always have the room to like create their own narratives and read into the of work, course. whatever they please. Of but course. some of this stuff is like, let me start you on a path. And if you <laughs> choose to get off that path, cool. Sure. You know? Sure.
0: No, I get that. I told him,
1: but I do like for a lot of the t- different titles to be like direct and affirmative. Mm-hmm. Um, um, we have is one of the ones that is pretty literal to mm-hmm. the work. Sure. Like you can see the title and the activity of the piece. Right, right. Um, to create belonging
0: Yeah, that one seems the, a little the reading. Is a
1: little bit more abstract. hmm
0: hmm
1: um, but I'm glad you brought that piece up because that was my personal favorite. Really? oh my goodness. Show. How yeah.
0: funny. That is that was
2: my yeah, absolute so favorite. I should pull
1: well. that one up, but I love that I love that piece so much. And um when I was making that body of work, yeah. it was just a really interesting time here because, like, mm-hmm. I have been wanting to. Um, I, I can't say move back to because the first time I was there, it wasn't really moving, it was just like a residency. Okay. But I had been wanting to revisit Ghana in a greater uh, capacity. I see. And be able to, like, make this, you know, make work again
2: mm-hmm.
1: in somewhere in Africa um, sure. because I noticed that, like, the first time that i was in ghana like okay. my thoughts just come a little like more smoothly and like wow i don't know how to describe it mm-hmm. i mean it's like that's so <laughs> like beautiful. i already have a crazy focus here mm-hmm. but like the shit is like effortless wow like, I don't know it's like i feel like my all of my powers feel like a little bit more elevated you know i have my own frustrations on each side each side and there's positives and negatives to living here and living there
2: sure sure
1: but the over it's overwhelmingly positive Mm -hmm. on the um visual like people underestimate the impact of being in the visual majority so like go outside and everywhere you go be surrounded by black people right you don't realize the psychological effect that, that. that has just by itself wow. then like the sun and yeah. like yeah i mean the sun like, literally say right i like say, right. you're supposed, like, say you're less you're supposed to be getting like high dosages right of sun right I mean, you can tell the difference like i'm so glad you you're getting, getting into sound. this because um, I, I
0: wanted to hear about i was gonna ask you about like your first trip to Ghana and so to hear you talk a little bit about it is literally perfect timing because I was just going to ask if you could share a little bit more about that so
1: yeah I can elaborate a little bit on that too yeah Um, but this piece like it was just such a full circle moment making this piece like the whole the body of work a restful place like I made that in the the first wave of the pandemic Mm -hmm. last year Mm mm-hmm and that was, too, when I really finalized in my mind that I'm going to, you know, make this move and set up my studio there and get, you know, stop. I was going to stop daydreaming and, <laughs> you know, start realizing this thing that I have, you know, been daydreaming about for, like, five years. Totally. And so when you look at the work, there's, like, the or- the figure in front of the orange door, and like that door Absolutely. looks, it's a like you know my actual door is gray, but the circular uh, lock,
2: mm-hmm. and there's like the padlocks,
1: guy. and the way that the way that it is with the like knob, you t- you know you turn with both mm-hmm. hands like that, like a steering wheel,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know. To me, that part felt like. A projection or premonition of like myself walking into my new studio because you see that figures from behind. I
0: was just gonna say yeah. Then
2: there's the
1: and they're carrying something Mm -hmm. you can't tell what it is, but their arms are just like like, raised up. Me carrying my supplies like the new studio. When you look at the different figures and the piece, and it's like thinking about like how we create these spaces of belonging, like wherever we are, because. I'm noticing like this sensation of. I've been calling it a double displacement, where I don't Hmm. necessarily feel full belonging in the United States, nor do I feel full belonging um, in Ghana. It's like I see. You know, I feel like, and I'm sure this, you know, I'm gonna just say what I say, and people can take, (laughs) believe it, but I feel like Black people in the United States, like we really are our own um we are our own. we are at, we are our own at that. yeah <laughs> you know like okay hey, yeah maybe i'm they call us african american but i don't feel yeah. african or american i mean i definitely recognize the african influence of course in my being of course cannot be cannot be extracted i definitely yes. have there's definitely african in me absolutely. But we've been so far displaced that it's like
2: yeah.
1: it's still foreign land and yeah. a lot of my newer work since I'm experiencing this transition is like looking at the differences between what it's like being black in both places I see
0: mm-hmm. but then mm-hmm.
1: also to this imaginary version of Africa that we've been creating ever since childhood imagining yes. like what you know? What 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 was Africa mm-hmm. like before, and what will it be like if I ever get to go back? You know, it's like so true. And that um, that imaginary version of Africa is a very real thing, and that I feel so like true. there's maybe some untapped value in exploring what that why we all have that mm-hmm. imagining mm-hmm. and what is it doing for us? Because. Wow. In some place I think even in adolescent stages, we started creating an imaginary place that we could belong in. Yep. Like maybe even recognizing as a child that I'm not gonna fully belong in this wow. outer reality.
0: Right, right.
1: Um,
0: so there's this sort of so there. This
1: they're, piece is thinking oh, about so like it's you know, it's looking at those different layers of like yeah. what is it like being black in the United States? Yep. What is it like being black in Africa and what is it like being black in my mind? Um, and you know like you'll see some of the different embellishments yeah. well yeah go ahead
0: <laughs> no no you can go that that is just so what you said about um being black in these different places but then being black in my mind it just really stuck out to me because I'm just thinking about how that like psychic space is a whole nother like yeah. really deep well that each of us have to yeah dig through because yes. it really is the difference of like
1: and we got to clean that place up and heal it. Yes. place because yeah, like and heal the world, world has been that's dumping all of this trash in there yes that's and what it if is we don't like deal with the maintenance mm-hmm. of it all of that muck it starts fucking us up from the inside yes. out yes
0: yes because you're then you start to of course, unfortunately, internalize it. It's like all the, I mean, I'm yeah, not, I'm no exactly. like psychologist, but I know like the difference of the subconscious and do. conscious mind. You know what I mean? Like when you, these things that are, yeah, your brain can't cipher through what is truth or not. So regardless of what you, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It, it's kind of just like these, Um, what is it? Like autopilot or things that you're consuming, like all of this, we just have to be like so much yeah. more mindful because it's like these and, messages yes. are being ingrained into you if you're not careful and if you're not paying attention so
1: the autopilot is for them to be ingrained Mm -hmm. and to uh, degrade us from within that's what that's what's gonna happen if we don't do anything about it so serious yeah that's the (laughs) if you roll a marble down the hill that's the like course they put us on so you gotta realize like okay this marble is gonna sprout Mm -hmm. some legs or wings and i'm gonna take a different course Mm -hmm. because I'm not just going to go down this road that no. you, you know, the, that I know leads towards my own either destruction or self-destruction. Yes, so,
0: yes. seriously. Um,
1: That's huge. That piece is thinking about all of that. Like, you know, if you look in the um, lower left-hand corner, there's like yes. a red, white, and blue fragment.
0: Mm-hmm. And so that. at
1: first it reads entirely abstract. Right. But if you look at this piece, and I don't know if you can uh, at some point pull up the cartographer next to it. Yes, you'll see that same fragment. You'll see that same fragment in the cartographer. Is
0: it the British flag?
1: Yeah, it is. Okay. Okay. So first it reads abstractly, but then it calls into question like nationhood and like place and like which soil cultivate you know which wow. which soil cultivated that internal space you know like um,
0: so interesting
1: And so then there's the question of like do you recognize it as the flag immediately mm-hmm. or the abstract you know at mm-hmm.
2: first
1: well, one of the things that I'm considering when I'm doing the layering is like how much of this piece should I conceal or reveal
2: mm-hmm.
1: to give enough room to read these things without making anyone too uh, overpowering
0: absolutely absolutely and then I also I was I'm just looking at some more works from the show and I just saw down at uh, the astral travel piece and I saw that you recently put out yeah. an exclusive shirt for that like oh is it like a limited yeah, yeah. that's so amazing
1: It'll be limited time, okay. not necessarily limited supply. Oh, okay, so I think great. We're running for a couple weeks. Cool. And I guess whoever gets it in those few weeks will get it. Yeah, that's uh, huge. I love that. What and, made you want to
0: turn it into a shirt? That piece specifically.
1: So last year I wanted like, well, first, my mom. Okay. She's like a major guiding source for me but
2: beautiful
1: you know she'll she's giving me ideas all the time and sometimes i have a rebellious nature i guess where a lot of times i don't want to take her ideas (laughs) but in 2017 she was like you should make some sweatshirts like i want to wear one of these pieces of art so i did it and i liked it a lot i didn't i didn't sell that many at the time okay A mixture of things. Like I didn't have that many. I think at that time I probably only had like maybe fifteen hundred followers. Mm -hmm. And two, like, um, I hadn't streamlined all of my different, you know, different ways to like run these different plays. Like, so at the time I was like, okay, I'll order X amount of these and see if I can sell them, and then I'll do that. Um. And then last year, she was like, You haven't done any clothes in a while. Like, you should do a shirt. You should do a shirt. She was like, knocking my door down to do a shirt. <laughs> so I designed this one and made the test. You know, okay. And uh, the, the, you know, like the test, the sample. That's what we were on before, the sample one. Yeah. And it took like two months for them to arrive. So this was oh, the height okay, wow. of all the shipping hoopla last year where like everything was getting lost in the mail say two months, yes. Ship. That was a- so. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm gonna file this one away I and see. it'll be ready, you know, whenever time is right. Sure. And the other day, my um, good friend of mine, my brother's line brother, Dave, oh, nice. He uh, I'm for whatever reason going through like in DM messages that I missed, okay. And he was like, when are you, like, you going to release this? Like, me and my wife, we've been waiting. Like, we've been waiting for you to. Because I had posted about it a long okay. time ago when I thought I was originally gonna going it. to do it. Going to he was like, man, don't leave me He's hanging. like, we didn't forget.
0: <laughs> like, where is
1: it? Yeah. And so this was like either over the weekend or earlier in the week. Okay. And then last night, I had this dream. And somebody in the dream is, excuse me, wearing the shirt.
0: That's amazing. So I
1: woke up, I'm like, I got to just go ahead and do it. And, you know, I told you I like, woke whoa. up early today because yes. I was excited about this. Yep. So I woke up early. I was like, okay, let me just figure out how to do this. I and love it. Astral travel went out.
0: That's, um, that's awesome. Yeah.
1: So, like, if I'm in a dream and I notice that I'm wearing a particular thing, I'll put that thing on the next day or, like, I'll, like... I think the dreams are more important than we give them credit for. So I whenever I remember a dream, yeah. I'm like I'm like there's a reason I'm remembering this.
0: Absolutely. And if
1: it's something feasible, cuz not everything you remember from a dream is like a real feasible in reality thing. Totally. But if totally. it's something like that, I'm like okay, I mean, if I I'm, I'm like if I'm dreaming about this shirt, It's time to just go ahead and which you know actually leans into the piece itself because that astral travel, you know that piece is inspired by um, a number of my experiences.
2: Okay, where,
1: um, well, there's three experiences in particular, two of which were outer body experiences.
0: Okay, I see. And
1: one, I don't know what to call. I'm calling it an inner body experience. I don't know exactly what happened, but. In all three of these experiences, my consciousness was beyond my body. Wow, like, I see. Yeah. Um, the first one, I was waking up from sleep and okay. my consciousness was looking down at myself.
0: Oh my goodness. In the
1: bed. So I'm like looking down at myself like this. I was only maybe like a few feet up. Whoa. Then um, the next one was the interior one, and I don't exactly know what happened, but I was in my studio, this is my senior year of college, I was in my studio with two of my friends, Mm -hmm. and I was just sitting there, and all of a sudden, like I'm on a couch, like sitting on the couch, all of a sudden, I kind of, I felt this thing rumbling up inside of me.
0: Oh my goodness! I say this
1: thing, but it was like an energy rumbling mm-hmm. up, and I was like, I remember being like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" And oh then all goodness. of a sudden, I kind of fell over on the couch and was letting out this sound. Mm-hmm. And in the midst of whatever happened, it was like, um, at the moment that I like left this reality, sure, it was like you don't know, get out when he goes underwater.
0: Oh yes, yeah.
1: It was like that, but instead of being underwater, it was like outer space. Oh
2: and my goodness! I didn't goodness. have,
1: um, I didn't have a body. Yeah. And then my dad's dad, and mm-hmm. I knew it was his voice. Okay. Was like, you're the one I could get to. Tell your dad everything is gonna be all right.
0: Oh my goodness!
1: It's making me emotional. It's making me emotional now thinking about it. Cause That's like,
0: okay. That's okay.
1: I hadn't heard his voice since I hadn't heard his voice in so long. Yeah, and he was like, "Tell your dad it's gonna be all right." Like, he was like, "I tried to get to him. I couldn't get to him. You, you were the one I could get to. I need you to just, I need you to let him know everything is gonna be cool."
0: Yeah. My goodness, that's so powerful.
1: And then, like, apparently, I stopped making the sound and woke back up. And when I woke back up, it was like I was high, like. It felt like I was walking on air.
0: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know? Oh, my goodness.
1: Um, And I called my dad, and I was like, I don't know how to explain this to you, but...
0: But this is what happened. Your dad
1: just spoke to me and wanted me to tell you that it's going to be all right. He didn't didn't say much more than that, but he wanted me to let you know it's going to be all right. My
0: goodness.
1: He he was like, you'll know what it means.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I'm you like just had to be crying. there and be like, that vessel. I guess
1: he did know what it meant. Like, mm-hmm. he didn't tell me what it was. But he must have been going through something, you know? And he
0: had to hear that.
1: Yeah.
0: First of all, I just I, I just like have, have most, to say also, I'm sorry to interrupt, but just thank you for you know, sharing that with me. I really appreciate and am grateful that you feel comfortable to share that with me because that's incredibly powerful story. Yeah, so just yeah, thank you. I
1: appreciate you, you, you know, Sure. Yeah. Creating a space where I feel comfortable enough to share. Cause I, sure. you know, you watched all my other interviews and I don't think I've mentioned that one in, in any of the yeah. other ones. So yeah. um, but then yeah, then the last one was less emotionally significant,
2: mm. but
1: I maintained the most consciousness. I still don't know what that was. Oh but all of these like kind of outer body experiences yeah. where you get to connect with some different, like we get so used to experiencing our consciousness inside of our body that yeah. we forget that it also exists. Like outside. we exist <laughs> way beyond this physical body here and now, mm-hmm, you know, like mm-hmm. there's a lot going on that we may never understand or, or get to harness.
0: I wanted to ask one more quick question before we sort of wrap up. There was a post that, and this is like, this is not very long at all. I just kind of want to hear some of your thinking about it. Cause it's, literally stuck with me since you posted it but i think back in february yes february you posted um a statement that says a lot of y'all are not gonna like this but the way you write and talk about your art is more important than what you make and i just remember that that i saw that on your instagram you had posted it and then a lot of people i think there was like a lot of conversation in the comments that that one It was like, it stirred up a lot of conversation. I thought that was really interesting. And I was curious to hear some of your thinking specifically about artists and why you think it is more important to have, like, you know, this very strong ability to speak about and write about your work.
1: Yeah. There's a few things that stand out immediately. First, it has to be taken in the context of, like, if you're seeking some sort of public reception for your work. Yes,
0: sure, sure, sure. So
1: somebody that maybe just be making art just for Mm themselves, I do think their writing would even help them build a greater connection with that work, but I don't think it's necessary. I wouldn't say that it's more important than the work. I would say that it could, in that circumstance...
0: Kind of supplement.
1: Could be lesser than or equal to or supplementary. Mm -hmm. But... If you're somebody that is, like, trying to make a life in the art world and, you know, imagines your work being a part of art history at some point, right? you know, Lord willing or whatever, it becomes increasingly important. And I'm realizing this because as artists, I know for myself, like, I'm so in my own world that, like, it takes some effort to translate what I'm doing and experiencing, like mm-hmm. my, to translate my own experience within the work. Right. To somebody outside of myself. Sure. The writing becomes really important. And then for somebody like me that didn't go to grad school or haven't gone to grad school yet. Sure. You know, residencies become more important. Yeah. And other opportunities where you have to be writing. Absolutely. And explaining these ideas, you know, coherently and concisely to be able to get access to the spaces that you need access to, to get the end result that you're trying to get. Absolutely. On top of that, I mm-hmm. feel like, for me, being a Black artist, a Black person, I, it's imperative that I'm in control of my own narrative. Um, Beautiful. Because we have more examples than you can count of black people's stories being erased yeah. or retold Yeah, you know from from a perspective does not giving even them their full due it. exactly you know, you know exactly. doesn't even understand the depth and breadth of that experience
2: yeah
1: and some of the written posts okay. like A lot of it is like me learning in the face of an older version of myself Hmm. or me like kind of trying to uplift myself to push myself to the next step. But I remember rejecting at an earlier age Mm -hmm. this notion that I needed to be able to write about my work. And part of life is recognizing when you (laughs) when you have something messed up and then being like, "Okay, I was wrong sure
0: absolutely This is, this is cool this yes is maybe
1: better than what i yes. really
0: thought <laughs> right right seriously
1: um so that was like a major learning point for me where i was like damn Amazing. i kind of i wrote that post like kind of to myself like okay. damn like i really gotta work on this yeah. myself like i That's really need huge. to keep working on this writing and really dig in on the writing yeah um i love that but yeah i just it, it's some of those it's like i'm interested to see where other people's heads are at because i'm like totally you know, I know, like, artists that have to be, right like, that are applying for things have yes. to be writing. But yes. I'm like, how critical is the written side of the practice? Because, mm-hmm. like, a lot of it is, like, studying yourself, taking that's notes. Like, thing. okay, yes. I made this body of work. Let me that sit now thing. some months later and look at that body of work and mm-hmm. see what it taught me. You mm-hmm. know, like, what is it saying to me now?
2: Yeah.
1: And so, to me, that's just part of, like maintaining a maintaining a critical practice like sure or like yeah you got to study your own work too and yep yeah you know that helps you see where you were and chart where you're going Dude. i i want like if i were to exist in a future generation right i would want to be able to read more straight from the donkey's mouth you know yes. i want to i want to read what yes. the artist was they were sad because you know whatever they were yeah. man, they overcame this or this taught them this in the studio or you know like absolutely i want to know what these artists are going through in the trenches and sure you know i want people in the future to be able to like see what i went through and be Mm -hmm. like okay Mm -hmm. like let that give them courage on their journey too like okay yeah basil went through this this and this yeah and came out you know better for it so
2: that's i was thinking
1: about this and you know Maybe that'll give them an, you know, an idea. So.
0: Absolutely.
1: What I will say is like more than becoming a part of art history, mm-hmm. like I want to collaborate with like people like you and creating this. Thank you. you, know, you. Our own record, yes. you know, yes. like our own document, like this to me is so important, what you're doing. That's why I was like Thank so you. honored that you thought of me Thank uh, you. for this series, because like, oh that's the type of, when I say art history, that's the type of history I want to be a part of, like absolutely type of history that we're building together.
0: Wow that That is incredible, and I could not agree more. I would 100 percent feel the same way. And I'm feeling very invigorated too about this time. We are in a very, very special time, I feel like for a yeah. million different reasons, but I feel nothing but excitement and honor to be able to continue, you know what I mean, building in this way and preserving and contributing to the archive and h- art history and all of these things. And I think yeah, that's just like, like so you important.
2: Know
1: there's so much that like you and I Mm -hmm. have had to go through and will continue to go through that I don't feel is necessary to have to go through absolutely you can name what it is for you I can name what it is for me yep but we've both gone through shit I already know that like it's unnecessary yeah and so if I can make the path easier
0: even a little bit everything we can do I agree everything that we can do we have to do it we have to I want to ask one more quick thing before we close. I always like to ask if there's anything that's kind of stuck on your mind right now, whether it be an artwork, a book or a quote from a book. Maybe it's a person. But if there's anything that you've um, just been kind of stuck with right now and you're just like loving it.
1: Yeah, Let's see, recent trends in my mind. Yes, recent
0: trends in your mind. Or my
1: full space. Mm -hmm. Um, So this may be a silly place to start, but time travel. Beautiful. um, I've been like on a time travel kick lately. And I've been feeling a lot like, it may not make sense, but I feel a lot like the past, present, and future are kind of all happening simultaneously. Okay. And I feel like intuition is mm-hmm. really for potentially a future version of yourself communicating with this version of yourself.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And
1: so I've been thinking, that's been on my mind a lot lately. Wow. Um, that is an incredible concept.
0: I've been concept. thinking
1: about like, this collaboration between your different selves. And then this time travel piece mm-hmm. has kind of got me more interested in investing like I never really thought as much about my future self okay and so now I'm like okay how can this version of myself collaborate with my future self you know like how can I like yes you know how can I be putting in effort now to make Mm -hmm. it easier for this future version of me that that's huge either is existing now or Mm -hmm. will it potentially exist Mm -hmm. so that's been on my mind um then this new game so I've been in like it's been it's been really great because so for a while I didn't have like time to put towards my hobbies as much and so like making games and working on my games and like getting ready to um, put out had kind of taken a back burner to the art okay and so now I've been able to like bring in some help and get some you know support on you know on the studio side and on the administrative side where okay. now i can engage my hobbies a little more so that's just bringing me a lot of joy
0: nice and i'm
1: about to release this game fruit fight oh what is fruit um, fight yes yeah, and where fruit can we play it is a card game oh it's cards. yeah you'll Yay. be okay, able good. to play it yeah, so it's a game that I invented. Yeah, I'm big on the card games and board games. Yes. So like, I like tangible mm-hmm. stuff. So uh, you'll be able to get it on my website. Awesome. And it's a lot of fun. Like I know it sounds, <laughs> it sounds better if you hear it from somebody else. But I mean, it's fun <laughs> enough where I want to. I play against myself. You
0: know, I love stuff. it. Oh my goodness!
1: Um, I can't. Yeah, wait I'm really excited about Fruit How Fight. Uh, my, my my first board game. Yeah. To me. Is I mean, it really is a work of art, but mm-hmm. it's like it's got a little bit steeper of a learning curve. So okay. I like, let me let me release the first game mm-hmm. that's like immediately fun yeah. and then get people a little more curious to I get deeper that. into my world, because the second game to me is simple, too. But like mm-hmm. the way you play it. There's so many there's room for a lot of different possibilities, but i, I wanted I wanted the first game that I released to yeah. be one that was like really accessible, okay. and then you know my nerdier game a little cult <laughs> following, but you I know, love that. that that's a slow and steady game. like i i I'm finished with everything for it now. Okay. I worked on that first game for 12 years, you know, so. Oh
0: my goodness.
1: Like, that's, that's like, I, you know, people don't really know about it, but that's my real life's work. I've never wow. worked on one piece of art for, for 12, 12 years, years. You know? so,
0: I find that incredible yeah. though. I was just, I was just speaking like the about the mechanics that of the
1: game, to so the components, to so like drawing and designing all the cards and the board and all the, you know, like oh really just goodness. like building my own world.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: So that game will eventually come out. But yeah, you ask what's been on my mind, mainly that. Um, oh my and then goodness. I got a show, then the shows. So yes, on absolutely. Too. So I've been drawing a lot mm-hmm. um, for a new bat. Like the new quilts are inspired by drawings that I'm making. Amazing. And I have the uh, the the show in Milan in September and okay. Galleria Poggioli, And then um, Stockholm, Sweden in November with Carl Castiel. Beautiful. So both of those will be like... I haven't shared any of this stuff yet, okay? Because um, I, I want it to be like totally new by the time I share it. But Got these it. new figurative quilts have kind of they're well they're really branching in three different ways. Wow. But these first two shows will mm-hmm. show the first two branches of how the new work is developing, okay? Uh, and like the stories that are unfolding there. So I'm really excited about that work too because, like nice. you know, these drawings are coming out totally different. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, my mom saw this stack and she was like, she was like, "These are good, but these are kind of crazy." Like, <laughs> she, she was like, "I don't know about these." She's like, "I don't know about these." And like, whenever she doesn't, whenever she doesn't, does it? No. Uh, so that's when I know. Okay, I pushed it just far enough because that is perfect. Like, you know whenever she's like she's got this face like when i see that face i'm like okay that's a like, winner. All right. like these are gonna be dope like <laughs> she's put off just enough by oh, this sword to that. be really good
0: that is perfect that's a perfect like barometer you're like all right you yeah, out with yeah. this.
1: That's, that's my barometer i'm gonna show my family first always like, if my dad says something is out cold that's when you like he he'll you know good great yeah yeah yeah. Phenomenal, that's all whatever if he says it's out cold ah! that's you know it's really oh, my, like, god, like, oh my god i love that oh my god he'll be like these are really great mm-hmm. like these are really great but if he says he's like dang dude, that's out cold like, that's, that's so what good. i really know like
0: <laughs> that is so good ask your dad if i can use that yeah. line because that's good i'm about to start
1: saying yeah that. you can use it I'm okay sure he would let you use i'm it. about to start saying <laughs>
0: that because that is it yeah. out cold i love that wow well basil yeah
2: i've had
1: so much fun
0: i have had so much fun and truly truly have been blessed i am so grateful to to have this time to speak with you to learn a little bit more about you and your art it's really been so illuminating and i'm really grateful and just appreciative for the energy that you've brought to the art of it all so thank you so much for for joining me
1: Thank you. Yeah, you you made it really easy for me to just be myself and feel comfortable in this space. So I appreciate the environment that you've cultivated for these conversations. And yeah, I've had a blast and I I look forward to like, you know, becoming friends and getting to connect more.
0: Absolutely. And that's what this, this show is all about. So
1: thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of The Art of It All. I'm so grateful you could join us and I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Check out the episode notes and follow Basil on social media to learn more about him and his work.
2: See you next time.